Aaron, Polly, Wayne, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wade. And I am Andrew. And I love I, listening to Aaron struggle on the weeks I am here. Yeah, I think I, that I, one broke know, him. I, I was like, who's on the on the mics again? I know we've been talking for half an hour, but uh, <laughs> who's who am I talking to again? <laughs> yeah, I, I expect you to introduce him as Pauline. Uh, <laughs> Got to autocorrect yeah, Aaron here. I got to tell you, one of my favorite interviews was when uh, uh, we had Matt Sturgis on. And, you know, I, I introduced us as Aaron and Polly. And he's like, well, when does she get here? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, and I'm like, no, no, it's me. <laughs> I just have a very deep voice. <laughs> so, Aaron. Sorry. Yesterday. Yesterday afternoon. This is not on the outline, but we said we're going to talk about it, so I'm talking about it. You, you opened the door. Um, so yesterday was the second Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest online. Um, you can still watch it, youtube.com slash Hasbro Pulse. No, we're not sponsored. I wish they would sponsor us. Um, but so, you know, it, it, it's basically like an online, like four hours of nothing but toy announcements and panels yeah. and stuff like it's that. It's because they didn't do the... Uh the normal New York toy show that they usually do yeah. that they've been doing this instead. So, you know, of course with the biggest, one of the biggest announcements was the, um, remote, well, out of, like phone controlled auto converting Optimus prime. Right. Cause Kevin Smith was, you know, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes were introducing it and it's like literally the thing transforms itself. It talks, it voice controlled it, it. It'll save the universe and, protect yeah, the all spark and everything it's yeah it po- it poses it's uh like when you say things like uh there's megatron it'll go into a uh a speech with peter cullen's voice and like pose so if it's got its gun it's holding its gun out and it'll protect the all spark for you like it does all sorts of stuff uh-huh. um you know it'll take the trash out <laughs> can it can it, can it uh, get into Zoom meetings for work for me and kind of t- take my there. spot there? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, you know, my Deadpool's you think Optimus? head will do that for me. So. Ooh. <laughs> I, I feel like Optimus would be a better meeting attendee than I am anyway. So, <laughs> so that's seven hundred dollars may be worth it. Aaron, well, like, now, you know, now I, I need I, this because I've got the Deadpool head, and I could put right. the Deadpool head on the back of Optimus, and Optimus could drive the Deadpool head into a room. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Well, you know, I'm figuring, you know, we might want to invest the $700 and it could be funny books with Aaron and Optimus Prime. So, you know, just saying. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a home uh, expense, office expense that you could write off in your taxes at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, if Optimus Prime edits, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul be, lifts be right out. Be yeah. Hey, for $700, you can replace me. I'm not worth $700. No, I, I, fair, fair point. Right? You're priceless, Paul. Exactly. But well, you know, with the amount of bourbon and rum you drink, I, I, we're all very concerned that we're not going to be able to harvest your liver. So <laughs> yeah, well, no, uh, that, that 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 ship is sailed. Yeah, that's so. You know, your your value continues to shrink. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't I only saw the Optimus Prime thing. Was there anything else worth looking at on the Hasbro yes, thing? Yes, Aaron. If it was just Optimus yeah. Prime, we wouldn't even be talking about it. <laughs> but 
what I wanted to bring up was, you know, they have those Marvel Legends lines of um, basically like cosplay Action figures. Well, yeah, but they also have like cosplay level um, like props. Like I have the Captain oh. America shield. They've got the Iron Man helmet and shit like that. They announced, and it's up for pre-order now, and it's not $700, it's only $50, the Eye of Agamotto. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. How much is it? $50. Ooh. And it, yeah, because it, I was only paying attention to all the Transformer stuff. I didn't didn't realize all the other stuff was out there. It, it rotates open, just like in the Doctor Strange movie. Nice. It has a base, and you can wear it around your neck, whichever way, you know, should you need to turn back time and sit through that Zoom call again. Um, see, see, now that's like so. an age-appropriate cosplay I could pull off. It'll give me an excuse to dye most of my hair dark. <laughs> <laughs> People be like, why are you dying here? Ah, it's for a cosplay. Ah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was, I mean, they, they had a bunch of announcements. Those were the, really the biggest ones. I, I They also announced uh, a bunch of stuff for G.I. Joe, and I'm, I'm pretty much the only G.I. Joe guy on this podcast, so I won't be... No no Micronauts. Not this time. Maybe, maybe next Fan Fest. You know, growing up, I had the original G.I. Joe base. Uh, I had the, the Sky Striker. I had the, uh, had the what was that the helicopter called? Anyway. Did you have, did you have the, the big aircraft carrier thing? No, I didn't have that, nor did I have the hovercraft. But I did have the, uh, the Cobra Hydrofoil. That was probably, that and the base were probably the two coolest things I had. So, Paul, was there was there any uh, announcements about you know their their Hasbro films that they're they keep talking about? No, well, the only thing they really announced was that Snake Eyes has moved up um, and will now be releasing in July. Wow, yeah, uh, which you know, I mean, I think you're starting to see some of these um, release date changes. Some of them are actually moving up because, or not necessarily moving up, but actually getting release dates. You know, the, some yeah. of them are moving even further out like i think they moved mission impossible into 2022 um they moved top gun into november so i have to go another seven months without any tom cruise yeah well i mean they're running out of space for 2021 i mean it's just so freaking crowded with everybody hoping theaters will be back open yeah 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 i was actually going to pre-order some of the transformer stuff that they had announced but the pre-orders are already done yeah. Like they uh, they sold out so quickly of the pre-orders I was going to do. I was going to get the new Rodimus Prime one and uh the Ark. Cuz the Ark also comes with Teletran 1 and I think that's really cool. None of us know what you're talking about. It's I like me it. having a conversation yeah. about GI Joe. <laughs> I have no, yeah, I, I this is foreign language. <laughs> I I'm a big Transformers guy. I buy a lot of the Transformers figures. <laughs> So I, see, I feel there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand in 2021 in general. I mean, you've probably oh, yeah. guys heard about the shortage of uh, computer chips in general as, as you know, the markets are coming running back. Uh, you know, uh, theater dates are filling up. I, it feels like there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be in short supply in 2021 as people rush back out. Ketchup's in, in short supply. Oh, uh, that's right. You did mention that. Yeah, yeah. Like ketchup, ketchup? ketchup? Yeah, ketchup, ketchup. The, uh, the individual serving packets because you know since everyone was home the oh. industry flipped over to you know the larger you know bottles and whatnot yeah. because people weren't eating at restaurants and whatnot so you know now that restaurants are opening back up uh they don't have the uh the, the little packets those are in short supply because they've got to retool for that who 
was there? Who? What? What? What genius made the decision that that was the right size for a packet of ketchup for a you know large order of fries? Like, there's enough ketchup there. Yeah, like I, one I made and a like half five fries. Of those. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I need like five of those. I have to, to create a whole puddle of ketchup. <laughs> to steal Jim Gaffigan's bit, I, I look like a heroin addict getting set up when I'm trying to open enough of those to eat like my medium fry. I've got like a dozen uh-huh. packages around me that I'm opening up. That's why you need that sweet Chick Fil A pack. That like the extra size. Yeah. yeah, they are the awesome one because you have two options. You either peel it back so you dip, or you rip the top and then you can pour. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is the uh, that is the nicest setup. Yeah, it is the penultimate design of five uh, of ketchup. Eventually, somebody well, will come up with something better, the... and it will be the ultimate design. Thank you. That's what I needed to clarify. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's like, hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on. Oh, yeah, okay. If there's a penultimate, okay, I want to know what the ultimate is. <laughs> well, we don't. Otherwise, it would exist. Yeah, exactly. We haven't gotten there yet. But once it's out, this is as close to perfection as we've gotten. Whatever comes next is just going to be amazing. Welcome to Catch Up with Aaron and Polly. Um, <laughs> you know, we talk about pent-up demand. Have you guys left your house recently? It feels like the world... It is. I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like it. It's literally... The world is like... We haven't gone out in a year, so everyone is going out simultaneously. Restaurants are on waits. I mean, it, there the, the, there's traffic all over the place. I'm like, huh? It's awfully busy out here. I yeah, feel like I mean, everyone has forgotten how to drive. Well, there's that. Yeah, it felt like in March because yeah, I've been working through this, and if, for at least in our area, it seems like like kind of mid March there was like this collective unconscious decision in our community that. Things are fine. People are getting vaccinated. It's time to kind of go back to normal life. And uh, there was definitely, a, I felt anyway, a shift in when I'm at work, when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm out. It seemed like people are, are just made that unconscious or conscious decision. And everything seems to be kind of going back to how, how it used to be. I mean, I yeah. get it if they were all vaccinated, but I don't think that's the case. I think people <laughs> I mean, just are tired and want to go out. Yeah. I haven't yeah. really seen that yet in St. Louis, but part of that I think was uh, really slow vaccination rollout here that's just now kicking in so i think that i'll see that in the next couple weeks here yeah wayne's the only dirty one on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) unclean Unclean. i've had my first dose okay my second half clean (laughs) well i tell you what i'm so glad that that suzanne and i both have uh both of our doses because We've had so many people in the house. Oh, that's true. Because uh, your shit doing, keeps falling apart. And whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, from 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 the winter storm. I'm just like, man, I am. I, this would have been awful had uh, you know we had to have people in before we were dosed up. So, but but you know, we're all shot up, man. We're all shot up. Yeah. <laughs> well, to our <laughs> earlier point, right about movies and movie theaters opening up. You know, sometimes I'm like, why are they why are they filming anything right now? That's that's going to be released in the theaters because shit's not coming out for a few years at this point. Um, you know, they they've got enough movies to release for probably two solid years right now yeah. um, in the hopper. Well, and we've seen that uh, Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus Kong, whatever the hell the movie's called, did really well. It did both well in theater and it did well on streaming. I mean, it, the the it sort of hit a daily double, right? Yeah. That, um, you know, it was a win for both sides of the house. 
I, I think that's fantastic. And I, I, and I like that it's still proof of concept on, on streaming. I, uh, you know, because while I think that movie really benef- would benefit from an IMAX presentation, I did enjoy being able to watch it at home. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and, you know, so with that in mind, um, The Rock announced this week, Dwayne Johnson, um, that Black Adam has actually started filming. Like, I didn't think this was going to be a, a, ever actually happen. I mean, he's been talking yeah. about Black Adam for like 15 <laughs> years. He's you like, know, oh, I'm going to play Black Adam. He is the sole reason I think that movie is going to be a success. Because that man is generating hype for the movie that the studios aren't doing as well at. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. he is so excited about it. And you can see that excitement when he talks about it. Or when he gets somebody to make artwork for him. Or, you know, well, just knowing that he has some level of creative input into it. It makes me really excited about the movie because of how much he's enjoying it. I do yeah, he, think that that uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is a real live movie star, and there are a few of those left. He transcends genre. I think everybody likes The Rock because yeah. there's just nothing not to like about that guy. Well, you know, his personality is bigger than life. He's engaging. Uh-huh. He's fun, and uh, and he seems like a decent guy. Yeah, yeah. and you like know, when, you don't hear garbage about him like you do just about everybody else. Yeah, he doesn't sound like he's a diva or stuff. You know, he seems like uh-huh. a pretty da- down to earth, nice guy. And when he posts videos on Instagram, he just seems to have such a, a love for this character. Like when yeah. he, uh, uh, he was like doing his, he had his final, you know, copy of his script that he'd read through and it all marked up. And he was, you know, had this like three minute video talking about how much it meant to him and, and you know, had a little salute <laughs> with his, with his liquor of choice there. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I- you know, it gets me excited to go see it, and I'm not a huge comic book wise. I'm not a huge Black Adam fan. He's all right, but I love it's not. Black Adam. Me too. Yeah, but hearing him get so excited gets me really excited. Yeah, yeah. that's hard to do about a DC movie. For, For Aaron's point of just being just this incredible uh, movie star action guy, one of my favorite videos that he did on YouTube was him and his daughter, and he was playing uh, Moana for. Her. And oh, she yeah. d- she didn't believe that uh, that was him, and so right. he pauses it and sings the song, and she's like, "No, not you." <laughs> <laughs> it was so adorable. See, yeah. you can't dislike The Rock. You really can't. can't. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a wrestling guy, you know. So I, I think my first encounter with The Rock might have been that episode of Star Trek Voyager he was on. But he's just such a likable guy. I even liked him in that. And he was, you know, underutilized in that episode. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe he'll be in some of these upcoming Star Trek projects that we'll talk about on our sister podcast. You mean you mean our hit podcast, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly? Exactly. The one uh, and only. A- available right here on IOMgeek.com. Mm-hmm. Or through your favorite podcast provider. Just search for Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. That seems like a long title. But, you know, <laughs> you'll find us. There, just do Star Trek Aaron and, and you'll probably find it. <laughs> you don't have to search the whole thing. But this week was a big week in comics. Um, I, I, I found that I spend a lot of money in comics this week because I picked up um, Seven Secrets and Green Lantern and Batman and Noctera. And I picked up Geiger because it you know we talked about it last week and is now out in comic shops. But the biggest release of the week, or at least for some of us, was the conclusion... Of King and Black, uh, from Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, the 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 ultimate chapter. 
um, of King in Black, uh, as well as the tie-in Venom number 34, which uh, I had no intention of reading, but Wayne told me that I should read it first and that it was required reading. So I read both. So I also saw Wayne's comment about that, but I did not have a chance to go back and buy Venom uh, 34. So I just read King of Black 5 straight. Uh, how much did, feel how much did like, I miss out on? I think, you know, and Wayne, you can probably disagree with me here. I feel like the only thing you missed out on in Venom number 34 uh, was that Flash Thompson has come back to life, um, which admittedly I didn't know he was dead. Uh, so like, I feel like that's the biggest thing that happened in yeah, that issue, did, but I don't feel uh, like I would have missed it. Though? When did Flash die? Mm. Flash died sacrificing himself in, uh, oh, it was one of the last Spider-Man stories before, huh. like, the new creator took over. And was, was he still Flash Venom? Yeah, that's when, uh, Eddie, I think that's when Eddie Brock got the costume back was right when he died. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> So, but, but no, the big uh, thing was when you start this book, when you start King in Black, suddenly Eddie Brock is there alive and he's Captain Universe. And yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of got that from the no previous explanation issue. explanation at all. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, here's the thing. It, does it add to the story? Sure. But I feel like given the way King in Black is, it, which is just a big bombastic action story, I don't feel like it was... I don't feel like I would have missed out on anything had I not read it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was good. It's worth reading. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty solid issue. Yeah, um, see, I read this first, and my first thought was, how the hell is he alive again? Where did this come from? This is out of nowhere. Well, I thought, I mean, I got that from last issue with the Captain Universe thing. I mean, I guess I didn't catch it last issue. Maybe... It's the very last page. I actually went back to look at because I was with Paul. I was like, I thought Eddie Brock came back alive in King of Black 4. And it's the very last page of King of Black 4 where he has been uh, resurrected. And the next oh. last page, Reed Richard is there with the um, the energy source, which turns out to be the Captain Universe power, mm -hmm. the Enigma Force. Okay, uh, I suddenly realized why this book was so confusing to me. <laughs> You never I read never, four. number four. You never oh. read four. Yeah. yeah. I went into this book and I hated it because it made no sense. And yeah. It's like, it's like you've missed all of this stuff. And then yeah. it's just, again, if you, have, if you, you miss... have no idea how the heroes got freed from the, uh, from the symbiotes and you have no idea why the silver surfer showed up. Yeah. Cause I went into this. It's like, none of this makes any sense. This is all out of nowhere. <laughs> this is all just the really over the top. And that's one of my criticisms of the whole series is that it felt too over the top like yeah. let's make this big and huge and then we'll just have to make the heroes bigger and huger and it just didn't feel grounded in any way you know yeah, what? You so i actually you know, so i you know because i think that the first issue was like that and then the second issue brought it more down to earth and so showed the effect on the heroes and then it kind of turned back around you know with yeah. bigger action in, in this issue you know, and from from a comparison standpoint, the the way you described it is the same way that I would have described like death metal, um, you know, which is why I didn't like death metal. But I liked this, and I did not like death metal. But I actually liked King of Black, and you know, I I have some issues with the art. Normally, I like Ryan Stegman, but like I don't know, he in, especially in issue five, he seemed to draw everyone like lumpy to me. Like I'm oh. like, why is Silver Surfer like? Oh, I know what you a mean. A melted yeah. candle. Like, everyone oh, just seems... You're not, you're not talking like Lumpy Rutherford from Leave it to Beaver. No. Talking no. About... <laughs> I'm talking like... Every, like, there's no... That like, is everyone's a deep kind cut, of like, Aaron. Yeah, deep cut. <laughs> everyone's just kind of, like, misshapen. 
there are some there are some pictures of Silver Surfer. It looks like he has the pox or something, yeah. you know, because yeah. he's got like these looks like almost like tumors underneath his suit. But yeah. uh, you know, I thought I thought you know the first and fifth issues of King of Black, the bookends were both just like you guys said, super over the top um, action, uh, and especially in the first issue, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, but I did think, you know, issues two through three, uh, the middle, the meat of the story did kind of put forth more of a uh, storyline, emotional parts between, you know, Eddie Brock, his son, Dylan. Um, I love seeing the S- Silver Surfer show up at the end of mm-hmm. uh, of issue four. Uh, I do, of course, have the same issue I have anytime this happens where, you know, you kill someone in issue two and then by issue five, they're alive again or by the yeah. end of four anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have so, to go back and get four and read it and see if it changes my opinion on this issue. <laughs> yeah, I would I think, think it would. If you miss issue yeah. four of a five issue series, I feel like yeah, you you, you yeah. definitely missed out on some some key story po- moments there. Some big things happen in issue four, so yeah, uh, yeah you definitely would want to. I'd recommend reading it. So I have it. to say, one of the most ridiculous, but I still thought it was awesome things to happen in this book was uh, Eddie Brock with the Captain Universe powers taking Silver Surfer's board and Majolner and combining them together into this giant axe. It was so badass. Well, then chopping the head off the Celestial, I thought that was sweet. (laughs) It was so ridiculous and yet so awesome. Yeah, and that's how this that's very much how this book is. There's a lot of ridiculous but awesome stuff in it. So uh, and but also in this book, I loved uh, Blade. And how things came out with the Vampire Nation. Mm-hmm. So, so good. So, I mean, I, I now, if somebody actually told me that If somebody had told me that Captain Universe was going to be in this book, I probably would have picked it up. I didn't hey, know Aaron, until issue four. Captain <laughs> Universe is in this book starting issue four. What about Catman? Is Catman in there as well? Issue five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He uses Cat the Captain Man. Universe power to pull exactly. Catman in. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, I... Uh, I say I got this without having issue four or and read it before reading Venom. So the first time you see Venom, he's got all the dots. I'm like, that really looks like Captain Universe. Yeah. Because <laughs> they don't actually say it until near the end of the book. I'm like, oh, okay. It was Captain Universe's power. Poor Wayne. He missed out on on all the important <laughs> bits that happened in King and Black issue four. Um, so as overall as uh, the series, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I, if you haven't picked it up, I'd recommend picking it up in like a a sale or something. Or if you have uh, Marvel Unlimited when this comes out in three to six months, definitely read it then. Yeah. You really don't need to read, in my opinion, any of the tie-ins. I read no. some of them. But you could read just the five main issues of King and Black, and it's a a fun kind of crazy uh, story with some nice you know, moments between Dylan and Eddie. Yep, agreed. So, on the other oh. side of the, oh, what? But if you're gonna if you're gonna read one tie-in, uh, go find the one with Doctor Doom and Iron Man in the uh, Santa oh, Claus yeah, that's, that's taken right. over by the symbiotes. Go go if you're yeah. gonna read one tie-in, that's the one. Vital, vital to the storyline, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, from DC this week, uh, I mentioned it earlier. Green Lantern issue one, the relaunch of the you know the new Green Lantern series, um, starring uh, John Stewart, Teen Lantern. Like Hal Jordan is in this book, very little. It's kind of focusing on on other members of the core. Uh, written by Jeffrey Thorne, art by Dexter Soy and Marco Santucci, and Aaron, you picked this up. I think we all picked this up. Yeah, I, I had no intention of getting it until Aaron sent the message about how much he loved it. 
exactly I, the same experience that I had. I had no intention to pick it up, and then it was like Aaron was like, "Oh, it's really good," so I picked it up. You know, I have been wanting a good Green Lantern book for a very long time. Uh, you know, the the recent Grant Morrison uh, excursion was not my jam. Um, I tried the, to. I really. I was hopeful I too. on that because I, I like Liam Sharp. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I tried didn't. and I tried and I tried, but you know, uh, it was just not my thing. And I got to say, most of the you know Green Lantern books, you know, really since uh, just after Blackest Night, have not been my thing. And this feels like a real return to form. Uh, it's it's you know treading new ground. It's picking up threads from, you know, uh, Bendis's run on the Superman books with the formation of the United Planets in our time. Uh, I, I, I gotta tell you, you know, I, I loved, you know, that this was set in sort of the first constitutional Congress of the United Planets. And, you know, the, some of the fundamental questions is, are we going to allow, you know, the guardians of OA into this, uh, this, uh, federation, um, you know, who there is tension between who's policing whom, uh, questioning, you know, do, do the, uh, do the green lanterns, you know, have what it takes to, to do this job. And, you know, we've got some big questions out there, you know, uh, the teen lantern, she's using green lantern technology that is not, uh, of, uh, Oa, yeah. right? You know, she, and the, the big surprise was it doesn't pull from the battery, right? That was a huge surprise. Yeah, and I, this book is well written. I love the characters. I love you. It's got some of the little things like uh, John Stewart is wearing a uniform based on you know Kryptonian aesthetics, and the reason why he's doing that is to honor Superman and his son, who. Were the ones who came up with the idea of the United Planets. I loved the and, appearance of that robe because it reminded yeah. me. Remember when Superman had the red, basically the red version of it with the Kryptonian down? Oh, yeah, that's a slick, yeah. slick look. Yeah, well, it's and, a really good look. And it, it feels like deep cuts. It feels like it's honoring what's come before. I think that it's taking elements uh, of the Bendis run that actually were were good ideas, uh, even though I don't think Bendis executed them well. Uh, I, I think this book was terrific. I, I, I just enjoyed everything about it. And yeah. I'm curious to see how you guys uh, how you guys felt about it, that having you know picked up the book upon my recommendation. Yeah. So initially I said I wasn't going to pick it up because my favorite two lanterns are Kyle and Jessica Cruz. Mm-hmm. And neither of them are in were in the book, although Kyle does have a little cameo panel. So originally I wasn't going to pick it up till you you know, said how good it is. And this felt like an event book to me, yeah. like a good event. Like it felt long and dense and like it was on another level over just a monthly book. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, the story so much. And I'm not a big John Stewart fan. I think the last time I really enjoyed John Stewart was mosaic. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he always seemed kind of generic or bland to me, but I this John Stewart had personality and I really liked him. And I liked the fact that they even make, they make like reference back to, well, you were a guardian and you're a human. You're a special green lantern. I enjoyed yeah. that, that a lot. So yeah. Now, I, you, you won me over with the book, Aaron. I, <laughs> I was not expecting it and it became, I said, it felt like a good event. Yeah. 
I do. I, I am a John Stewart fan, and uh, I, I love this book. Uh, I loved all the different alien races and the very mm-hmm. kind of distinct uh, uh, feels you get from each one, like like the Thanagarian. What was her name? Uh, Amira Kalan. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Well, she's that, just that, a perfect little prickly. Like, uh, do you need me to take care of this for you? They're like, no, yeah. go away. Yeah, and she's just always showing up. You know, when when something has gone south, right? Yeah, yeah. to point it out and kind of needle them about it. Uh, so I mean, she's great. I, I, this is my first time reading anything with the Teen Lantern. I don't. I'm not sure how long she's been around in the books, but this is my first experience with her. But I love how the Guardians describe her as a quant, uh, quantum conundrum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. she showed up I, in I, uh, the Young Justice title that. Aaron and I were reading. I also love that they call her Teen Lantern, or she insists on being called Teen Lantern, even though she's eleven. She's right. a tween. Yeah, she's a tween yeah. and not a teen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, One of the things that I, I thought was really odd, you know, if you flip over to the cover, um, it shows that this is for ages seventeen and up. I did I catch know. that, and I couldn't tell why. No, yeah, I. No I, idea why. I yeah, I, that's what I was kind of blown away by that, particularly since you've got Teen Lantern on the cover of this book why you wouldn't make sure that uh you know parents felt comfortable with their kids reading it because i would think if you're showing 17 and up that there would be it would be a lot more grisly violence and and sexual situations well and especially the, when you consider that crime syndicate uh I, I noticed on it it says 13 up on crime syndicate and there were some yeah, things crazy. in crime syndicate yeah. when i was like yeah. um <laughs> yeah that's what? crazy yeah, yeah and there's nothing in here that was worse than anything in crime syndicate no not at all this was pretty this is very i I, I would think this would be 13 this should be like 13 up i would think yeah i would think so yeah i love all of the politics in this though because there's multiple pages i mentioned that it felt dense in a Mm -hmm. good way and part of that is you have characters that are giving speeches Mm -hmm. because it's a politics thing and the speeches are all about whether oa should be allowed in or not the speech from kalu i thought was incredible mm-hmm. sinestro really stepped it up for his speech well and one of the things that i liked about that and thanks for bringing that up wayne um so many times when you're reading a science fiction story and there's a political speech it'll give you an idea of the speech and you're like and you kind of have to go okay well you know this is where they're making their political argument but since this is all made up it really doesn't matter and it, the arguments felt grounded you know, it felt like, you know, there these are high stakes. This is a valid point of view. You know, I, it, it just it felt very well reasoned. And I yeah. dug that. Yeah. And and yeah. I love that picture of uh, uh, Sinestro surrounded by his uh, his posse, his boys. His boys. Yeah. yeah, that's better. <laughs> his boys uh, as he's giving his speech. That is a great, great page. I have never seen a guardian sound humble before. Right. And, and they did. And that's one thing I like is that the Guardians have always seemed so immutable and unchangeable and, and oftentimes unreasonable to, to a crazy extreme that it really kind of seemed like they might actually be kind of changing um, yeah. in this book. So, so Paul, yeah, would you, Aaron, I think we all enjoyed Aaron, it. Aaron, good choice. Yeah. Good, choice. Uh, good I, recommendation. I am so glad that it worked out because – uh, I have been really aching for a decent Green Lantern book, and it just feels it, it has felt so absent to me. I, one of the things I've hated about the Green Lantern books is, you know, let's have all the fighting amongst the different colored rings, right? You know, the different right. spectrums of emotion, and they even argue that in this book. You know, that you know, Will is not really an emotion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I dug this book a lot. I can't wait for issue two. 
Agreed. Yeah. It's a it's a really good series. Um, you know, and it was perfect the day after because it came out the day after First Contact Day, so it was kind of writing that Star Trek high. And this kind, you know, this is not. I wouldn't list this specific issue and maybe this run as superhero in nature, right? It's not, you know, Green Lantern on Earth. This is kind of like right. the United Federation of Planets almost. Um, yeah. You know, like a, you know, in this intergalactic peace treaty that's, you know, you get all these alien races together. I, it's just, I highly recommend this book if you're kind of looking for something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's good, just good reading. Yeah. Yeah. No. But if well, you're looking and, for something really different, Nocturne well, number two. You know, we said, you know, we're, we're in for issue number two of Green Lantern, but issue number two of Noctera came out, and we had very similar responses to Noctera number one. Uh, we, I, I think we all in, enjoyed Noctera number one a great deal. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm curious, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what you guys thought of issue two of Scott Snyder's Tony Daniels' uh, great big image creator owned comic Noctera. You know, the funny thing is I almost didn't buy this one too. Why? What? Because I saw I forgot the name. Oh. <laughs> and I looked at it as like what I looked on Aaron's list like what's Nocturna? And I go out and look at it I was like, "Oh, it's issue 2 of that series." And then I got all excited. <laughs> yeah, I got to say it really uh, took what, you know, the first the foundation the first issue built and it really took that and and continued to build this amazing uh world. I I love the flashbacks between, you know, right after the uh sun went out and flashing forward to where they are 13 years later. Um you know, the 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 experience between Emery and and his sister Val still tends to be great. Uh and and this whole blacktop bill guy, that is a scary dude. Yeah. yeah. And he's driving around in this Batmobile. (laughs) 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 Tell me that doesn't look like Bruce Wayne's Batmobile. No, yeah, it does look like it. Um, So I know I I love it. I I think they knocked the second issue out of the park. What'd you guys think? Yeah, it really felt like a good mix between the action and moving the story along, but also continuing the world building we got in the first issue and seeing more and more about it. I kind of like that we didn't see the flashback until issue two. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, second issues are a lot harder than first issues because first mm-hmm. issues you can come out and just ask a bunch of questions and go, look at my crazy world. Right. Issue two, you've got to start paying some of that off, even just a little bit. And I think they did that here. I, you know, in this in this we're really getting the threat level ratcheted up. Um, and I love the temptation that we see in the main character. You know, as she's because, you know, she's worried about her brother, you know, that this this guy uh, uh, has got some of the infection. And, you know, we see his hand turning in this in this uh, issue, you know, to become one of the the night things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and she is legitimately tempted by what, you know, the bad guy's offering. And, uh, you know, I, I love the people in the back that, you know, are like, did the truck just stop? Are we are we going in reverse? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I think this I, I love how the characters are voiced. I love how the characters are drawn. Um, I think there is a real sense of otherworldliness here that you know this is not our world. And I got to tell you, I am highly amused, intrigued and charmed by the uh 18 wheeler technology you know uh that that this is all this is all a la 1970s 1980s uh cb trucker uh technology i just i i get a big kick out of that 
Yeah, the art is amazing, and uh, I, I got to say, it is uh, not this issue. In the first issue, it was one of the more, more realistic de- depictions of a um, dialysis machine I've ever seen in a comic book. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he did a pretty good job. There's a couple little things, but uh, that he obviously spent a little time staring at uh, uh, some references before he drew that, or he's had experience with them himself. Well, you know, I, I feel like when they were conjuring up this book, that Scott Snyder said to Tony Daniels, you know, uh, hey, man, what do you like to draw? And he's like, I like to draw trucks. Great. Big <laughs> OK, we'll have trucks in it. <laughs> I uh, love this book. I think it's great. Now, Paul, did you read it? I have not had a chance to read it yet. I did pick it up. I just got a little bit behind on my reading this week. So much came out. Um, but I will be reading it uh, and I'll get caught up in time for issue three. All right. Well, I, I'm really enjoying it. And, yeah. you know, it feels I feel like Scott Snyder sometimes uh, when he is writing sometimes gets up in his head too much mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and sort of overthinks problems. And I don't feel like that's the case here. I feel like he has really uh, I think he's having fun. And I think that's coming across on the pages. Yeah, I, I would agree. And it seems like Image, I mean, between Radiant Black and then now Noctera, Image has got some really good books coming out right now. Yeah, yeah, they're making it happen. Cer- cer- certainly books that are very appealing to, to me and to you guys. Uh, you know, Image has always got something brewing. And a lot of times, you know, I think one of the brilliant things about Image is because it's all creator-owned, there's something there for everybody. Nobody's going to like the full... No one's going to be into the full range of image books. But I really do feel like there, there have been a couple of books recently that have come out that have just, you know, gotten us right where we itch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I'll extend it a little bit further. It seems like some... Like a lot of these smaller companies in the last year, maybe last two years, have really been starting to hit it out of the park. Aftershock and Boom have both been putting out some incredible titles, too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I mean, uh, maybe it's because they're smaller, but they seem to suffer less from the, you know, perpetual Act 2 issues that, you know, Marvel and DC often get stuck in, is that they can actually, especially as creator-owned books, they can have their beginning, middle, and end of their stories. Absolutely. Yeah, Uh, their stories don't have to reset at the end. And sometimes you get like Kirkman where, you know, you're going to get these endless loops because you never want your your Walking Dead to end, or, you know, you're (laughs) you're invincible to end, and so you, Uh you... We've talked before about how they get in these repetitive cycles, but a lot of the books, though, do have this very distinct uh, middle, uh, sorry, beginning, middle and end, which makes them great reads. You know, you feel like there's actual stakes involved and things things can happen and it won't just get reset. Not Eddie Brock just won't come back to life by issue five. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, speaking of DC Comics, Batman the Detective. Uh, the first issue comes out next week. It is the new um, Maxi series. I think it's a 12-issue series. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's a it's a six-issue series from Tom Taylor and Andy Kubert. Um, Batman in London. Uh, so Ooh. looking forward to that. Uh, also looking forward to Dark Hawk, Heart of the Hawk, the 30th anniversary um, celebration uh, of Dark Hawk. Features a, an untold story of Dark Hawk's early days by creators Danny Fingeroth and Mike Manley. You also have mm. stories from Dan Abnett and Andrea DeVito. And uh, Kyle Higgins does a story in it as well. So I, I, I was a big Dark Hawk fan, I guess, 30 freaking years ago. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that book. <laughs> yeah, especially one set back in that time era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, back also, when you were a wee, Paul. Back when I was wee. 
uh, also from Marvel Comics and also a very exciting a new age of Guardians of the Galaxy so this is the big Guardians of the Galaxy relaunch um, from Yal, Al Ewing and Juan Frigeri where Doctor Doom joins the Guardians of the Galaxy you know I I used to balk at some of the, you know, sort of weird additions to the Guardians team. But uh, when they did the the preview pages or the the, the uh, character art mm-hmm. for this book, and you had Doctor Doom on one of the... Because you're going to have multiple Guardians teams. Yeah, you have Quasar, you've got Hulkling, I mean, just Super Scroll. Yeah. Hard in. Yeah. Hard in. Hard in on that one. Um, you also We also will have new issues of Iron Man, the Joker... Superman, Thor, and Wonder Woman. Very exciting. Sounds like a big week. I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited. So, uh, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books, what, you th- what you're looking forward to in next week's books. Give us a call. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, we might send you Paul's, Paul's liver because we don't need it. <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah, it's really more of a collector's item as opposed to being useful. It's pickled. Right? So, yeah, <laughs> we'll send it to you in a jar. Yeah. You can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Awesome. Well, guys, we'll do it all over again next week. Very excited. You'll need to uh, have your wallets ready. Yes. <laughs> Got you there. I see it. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.